and welcome to the sixth whole episode of Appetite for Production. Come for the audio curiosities, stay for the lols. Really, James? Today we'll be focusing on vocal tracts. Oh, as we always do. Omnisphere's hardware control. Oh, okay. It's here, the IK Multimedia release we've all been sceptically waiting for. Yeah, brilliant. MIDI MPE is a thing now. What is that? And we'll be discussing the producer's workplace hazard that is knob slippage. Hmm, serious, serious times. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that sounds fun. Uh, it won't be. Okay, inside. Sweet, okay, hello. Hi, James. Last time, we were on the cusp of Superbooth. Yes, as it happened. Superbooth has happened. Uh, lots of hardware, which we're probably not going to talk about. Uh, oh. But, <laughs> <laughs> one of the most... Not even the Roland TR-808 clone. Not the Roland, the Behringer TR-808 clone. Probably at some point. Uh, I want to talk about that, but let's talk, let's talk about... Let's not talk about... Let's talk about not talking about that instead. One of my most significant moments from Superbooth was the uh, announcement of Spectrasonic's Omnisphere 2.5. Did you see it? N- um, I saw a headline. I didn't actually read any details. Do you have some details for me? Yes, this is actually very cool because... Oh! You know like, Omnisphere. Is, is this a paid upgrade? It is a free upgrade. Uh, it's not quite ready yet. It's still in beta as we speak, but the big deal about it is that Omnisphere 2.5 will be controllable by hardware synths. What? I don't understand. Right. Let's say you have a Moog Subfatty. Okay. Connect it via MIDI to your computer, and it can control Omnisphere. Okay. And how's that any different to just doing it with a MIDI controller keyboard? It's not, but... (laughs) You get to use an actual synth to control actual Omnisphere, and you get to walk around the room, go to your synth, and press the keys, play Omnisphere, and use, for example, the cutoff to control Omnisphere's cutoff. Oh, that's okay, I guess. It's basically fooling your brain into thinking you're playing the hardware, but it's actually Omnisphere. No, I've decided to not like this. Really? Yeah, yeah, no. I've decided that Caesar's going to give this the thumbs down, because you can just do it with your MIDI controller anyway, and Om... Omnisphere is, if you'll pardon the pun, not analogous to an analog synth. So I think I think that sounds like a, a bit of a gimmick, personally. And you're into it, are you? I am. I, I really like the idea, and it's something that you wouldn't have expected. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have expected it. There's a lot of crazy things happening in the world of hardware controllers and stuff like that, more of which we will talk about in a bit. But I think you should watch the video briefly. Oh, okay, okay. I like. I feel like I don't actually get it. So maybe I need to. Maybe uh, I need to like do some research on I've, this thing. I've just sent it to you. Oh, thank you. Okay, so we watched the video, and so what the basic vibe is: you plug your keyboard, like say uh, Moog Sub Thirty Seven, into Omnisphere, uh-huh. and in Omnis- Omnisphere, it automatically automatically creates this instrument that kind of corresponds to the controls on exactly. the Sub-37. Yeah, yeah. No, none of the synths' actual sounds are coming through. It's just literally being used as a controller for yeah. atmosphere. That's It's really weird, man. I don't think there's been anything else like this, has there? Well, exactly. I think it's a really clever idea, and it's very interesting. Why is the Why... It's just like a, I guess it's just like a nice bonus if you happen to have these keyboards. Yeah, exactly. You, what would be interesting, though, is if you can use that stuff 
without having to plug that sort of keyboard in. And then it's a little treat for everybody. Yeah. You've just got some different architecture, like some different preset architectures to just like play around with. I guess. I guess they would have to match up every single keyboard they could, every single synth they could with what's happening on Omnisphere, which is a massive job. So, but yeah, there's, there's things like the Dave Smith Instruments, OB6, Rev2, Sequential Prophet 6, a load of Moog stuff, Korg Minilog, a load of Roland stuff, Novation Base Station 2 and Peak, Behringer DeepMind are all ready to go with it. So it's it's lovely, I think. I think it's a great idea. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess I don't have a lot of those sort of synths, so... I guess it wouldn't really appeal to me anyway. But yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's free. What else? Do, I want to know what else you get. What else is in there? There are more layers per patch. Uh, you can have four layers per patch. Oh, uh, word. Okay. 12 envelopes, eight LFOs per patch. And there are now 48 slots in the mod matrix instead of 24. Now, what this immediately makes me think, James, and I'm really sorry to be a broken record. Please do. Four voice uh, architecture. Bit like a... Roland JV 1080, Eric Persing did a load of sound design uh, for that, I believe, whatever. I want to see virtual JV instruments in Omnisphere. I'm hoping this is what that is uh, a lead up towards. Um, obviously, it's not going to happen, but a man can dream, right? Yeah. I'm not going to stop you from dreaming. What else is there apart from this fantastic new JV style architecture? Well, in Omnisphere? Yeah, in uh, 2.5, probably. Not much, really. But I, I just really like the idea that it can be controlled by a, not just a controller, but an actual synth itself. And you can use a, a real synth to control a software instrument. There are loads of crazy software versus hardware uh, combinations going on at the moment. And... Uh, yeah, people are really breaking new ground, and it's uh, it's nice to see. Well, yes, this is this is definitely new, um, and I've got like I got mad love for Eric Persing. So whatever Eric Persing does is cool, basically. So yeah, okay, you've turned me around on this one. Let's, oh, yeah. I'll give it, I'll give it my seal of approval then. Did you also see uh, last time we were talking about IK Multimedia's uh, crazy announcement? And we didn't oh, know what yeah, it was. Yeah, we didn't know what it was. I mean, we thought it was going to be a little desktop synth and it's a little... Desktop synth. <laughs> yeah. So it turned out to be uh, something called the Uno. Uh, the official name is Uno Synth, but why call a synth synth? Uh, I'm just going to call it the Uno. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's... Uh, first of all, I think the main salient point is that it's a $199... Um, analog synth. Okay. It's basic, it's subtractive, but it is analog. Uh, have you seen it? Uh, I saw a picture of it. What is the USP on this one? Well, the USP is that it's an analog synth for $199. But um, we've seen stuff like that before, man. We've seen like uh, the Me Blip, was uh -huh. it? You know, that sort of thing. We've seen all the Korg stuff. It's just like, what what is going to pique my interest about this one? It's not, shall we say, special in any way. It's, it's analog two oscillators, which do saw triangle, square oh. pulse. Uh, it's got filter drive. It's got LFOs. Uh, the filters, I believe, are just 12 dB models. Um, there's nothing massively arresting about it. They said this was going to change music to get us talking about it, and it worked, and it hasn't changed music, and now we're talking about loads, but it's not really that interesting. It hasn't changed music yet. Yeah, okay. It's got weird keys, is the thing about it. Does, it does. That is the thing about it. Now, it's very... the that 
interface. Would you not say it's very speak and spell? Let's have a look at this bad boy. What the fuck? I remember it being white. No, oh, no, that's it. My mind's playing tricks. Okay, let's have a look at this thing. Um, instantly, I don't like the interface, but that's like I'd rather have like a load of like not because I I've got PTSD from using a Roland Alpha Juno, so I don't like <laughs> it when there's loads and loads of buttons. This does have seven knobs as opposed to just one rubbish one though, so maybe that makes it a bit better. Like seems pretty like it's got like a, clearly a load of sequencer stuff in here. Yeah, so it's just like I guess it's just like a little budget. Well, it's my, three oh three. Maybe think, how does it? It sounds plasticky, does it? <laughs> well, my first thoughts on this were, okay, synth, can we have some keys, please? And obviously, <laughs> obviously the the sort of buttons you can't even call them buttons because they're flat, aren't Pads. they? Yeah, well, are they even pads or are they just flat things that you can touch? That's the that's the sorry state of what passes for a button these days, well, mate. Yeah, exactly. You it looks have, like a microwave control, mate. You have white non-buttons and you have black non-buttons arranged like keys. But I guess the salient point, I keep saying you salient keep saying point. This, so what is this salient point that we're getting we're so that desperate to find out about? There are 16 white keys, all square, and so therefore you can use it as a sequencer as well. Yeah. Which is, yeah, as fair. It sort of justifies having these cheapo little buttons, which aren't actually buttons. The thing is, a lot, a big part of the appeal of having a little analog synth is um, using, like, uh, the knobs control. With something like a Mii Blip, it's fine, because you can just plug it in with a MIDI controller. I mean, I assume this plugs into a MIDI controller just yeah. fine. Okay, okay, well, that's... That's probably what people will do with it anyway, I guess. Do you want my hot take on this, mate? Please. Um, it, it like it basically looks a bit 303-like. It doesn't really sound anything like one. People want those specific sounds or something that has kind of like a, an appeal in that area. This feels like it's just another synth. I mean, I guess I guess stuff like the the... Arteria stuff is successful and that's not really like a sort of clone or anything mm. but I think that's got but that's got you know a cool sound and it's really programmable um I just think there's I mean apart from the price the you know the price seems cool this seems like a fun you know it's a fun thing to have whatever I guess it's just not going to change the world and I came out to me knew it wasn't going to change the world so you know they got us they they did us man well the thing we is fell for it we fell for the trap this is their first hardware release um hardware synth so I mean in a way you can forgive them for keeping it low key but they didn't keep it low key they said it was gonna like change musical paradigms true. or something okay yeah true they they said that that is <laughs> That is undeniable. But yeah, is this a paradigm shift? Absolutely not. Definitely not. Uh, the other thing, it does, let's face it, it does look cheap. I don't know, man. It looks kind of high tech. It you looks reckon- like, it, I reckon that looks like what they'd use to make techno on Star Trek The Next Generation. Do you know what I mean? Because it's kind of touchpad-y. Mm. Maybe a bit, no, maybe a bit more earlier than that. To my eyes, as- it looks cheap. I mean, it is cheap. So it reinforces, hey, this is only. Uh, 200 clams but it's it's not attractive it's not the kind of thing i'd I'd really enjoy messing about with not that looks are all that matters you see this sort of thing is kind of like it's it's in that tricky area where it's too cheap for me to use but still too expensive for me to actually afford so (laughs) it's this is going to be a no from me dog on Uh, this one what do you what what's what are you saying on it um i mean what vibes you get off it i I don't see how it would be truly useful 
Okay. You know? Well, maybe maybe if you're just like a kid and you get it for Christmas and you start making some techno patterns or whatever. Yeah, as long as you've got some monitors and a MIDI controller and everything Head- like that already. Headphones. Well, it's got it's got the controls built in. You could just use it with headphones. Uh-huh. And you'd be like noodling away on the synth line. And you'd think, yeah, maybe filters are really cool. Maybe, maybe I want to spend a lot of my time thinking about saw waves. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. So what we kind of pre-lukewarm on this then I yeah, guess absolutely I mean Uno as well I mean it does they've done that because it fits on the LED display uh, that's, of course that's yeah <laughs> but no, you've got to allow them some sort of you know they can do something else in the future now that they've had their hardware experiment their hardware synth experiment if this had been me Right, and I have no experience running a synth manufacturer, much like I came into multimedia, so it's fair enough. Um, I'd have just tried to make it sound as close to a 303 as possible, and especially make sure it would respond to the sequencer like a 303, so that you could have crazy 303 fun. And I think that would make it more of an impulse purchase, because then if you're like, oh, I can get like a decent 303 with a sequencer built in for under 200 clams or dollaroos, um then yeah you might think oh fuck it i'll give it a go it's like it'd be like a bit like maybe like a real life propeller heads rebirth do you know what i'm saying yeah 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 that would be cool uh, but yeah this yeah i think we can say next on this one basically next, next. okay what's, what's next you want to talk about the 808 yeah um so beringer are doing like a roland tr 808 clone that looks cool. And it's, I think it's got some like transient controls or kind of like drive or stuff on it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and so I've been watching some videos about the Boog. Yeah. Have you checked out any Boog? What the hell is Boog? Boog is the Beringer Moog. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boog, if you want to be correct about it. Yeah. Have you seen any stuff about it? No, I haven't really. Mate, it looks wicked. Okay. It looks, it looks like more, like more or less uh spot on i mean there was a there's a pretty cool video with a guy demonstrating it next to a real one there were some points where it sounded a bit brighter but he said that the level on it was higher or whatever at that point in the thing anyway so it sound, like it basically sounds pretty much spot on and it's do you know how many clamoroos how, how many clamoroos is it it's 300 clamoroos oh for a fucking moog model d mate yeah that's pretty good man yeah. and i'm not even a massive moog fan but if i had some money i might be like well i want to yeah, of course I want a Model D. But if you're talking about Mini Mook, my... I, obviously the sound, but let's put the sound to the side for a minute. Oh, God, okay. What I want, what I'm imagining as you walk up to it, it's cold. <laughs> like the front panel, every knob is cold to the touch, like, like an iPhone. The specific oh, heat capacity of the material that they've used just makes it cold and efficient and cool. That's what uh, I want. I can't speak as to the heat of the boog. I would imagine, if I had to guess, I'd imagine it's warm. See, that's <laughs> that's that's what makes something truly cool. Is if it's kind of like literally being ice cold. Yeah, yeah. Like how an iPhone is is just always cold. I pick up your phone. It's mildly cold. It's cold. Um, touch my phone, mate. For touch my phone. Okay. That's cold. That's cold. Why it's your cold. It's so much colder cold. than mine. That's I've got okay. I've got an Otterbox on mine. So uh, well, uh, there you go. It warms it up. That's what I want from a high end. It, not that this is high end, but it's trying to be high end. 
I want cold knobs. It's not trying to be a high end. It's trying to be a cheap clone of something that everyone wants. And it seems like they're doing a good job of it. And it, I, by the looks of it, this TR-808 is going to do a similar sort of trick of being the same, the same to program, sounding the same, and being really cheap. It's a no-brainer, mate. I, th- I reckon they're going to flog a ton of those. So is this basically one for one? It looks pretty it, no, it looks like on. they've got some extra stuff in it, kind okay. of like might you might expect from like a D16-style clone. <clears throat> so like a hard... Imagine a hardware version of a D16-style clone, but but probably sounding pretty identical. What about the size? Like literally one for one size, because that would be that would be a cool little feature. It looks pretty big, man. Okay, look, there's some jacks. We've got a... Yeah, they looks pretty big, man. Mm. Look, there's a whole there's a whole load of connectivity on the back, proper stuff like MIDI um, and jacks, which is nice. So yeah, excellent, looking nice. The RD808 there. So I think I think people already like that. How are they allowed to do this? I don't know, mate. Do you reckon they've got done this so much that they're either just licensing everything or they know all the tricks because they've been doing it for so long? I. Pff, it, I have absolutely no idea, mate. I think if we knew en- absolutely anything about copyright law, we could probably talk insightfully about this. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I literally just don't know. Yeah. I mean... Because it- Roland had a go at uh, D16 and got them to change their interfaces. And this looks more like an 808 than the, the D16 stuff did, well, practically. Yeah. Almost. And, and it's it's a hardware box. Yeah. And I know that Roland aren't necessarily making them themselves, although in many ways they are. Uh, it's They must be paying royalties or licensing. It doesn't say They must about be, that. because you wouldn't have the balls to literally... Cut. It's, like, it's like when you buy some knockoff Nikes from a covered market... Uh, you know, obviously that's illegal and so I, they must be licensing this I don't think so it's not like they've announced a, a deal or anything I don't know well maybe they're not announcing it because they want to maintain an air of mystery no I don't know I don't think that would make any sense at all mate I think this is totally unofficial um and we'd maybe have to talk to Roland as to why they don't care about this and they do care about some other stuff yeah and what, so why don't Moog care about the Model D? Well, exactly, because they licensed it. I'm telling you. Because no, man. Moog have got their own Model D reissue going on. No, man. Plus iOS app, plus every it other It doesn't thing. say Roland anywhere here for any of this. No, because they never announced it. Well, so you're they saying that there's back, backroom it. deals going on. Well, it's not really a backroom deal. It's just they didn't announce that they bought a license to do something or, or paying royalties for something. But I don't think it's very it's, insightful it's for us to deals. talk about this because neither of us have a clue what we're talking it's about. It's not a backroom deal if you ju- it's just a deal that you made and you didn't put a press release out. Um, I don't think that is There's got goes. to be a deal. Uh, there must be a deal. I don't. I don't think so. Also at Superbooth, uh, we were speculating about the Yuhi uh, rack. Oh, so what is it? Do you we know? know? Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting. It is... What did we say we thought it was going to be? Some kind of synth, probably. I don't know. I just had the idea it would be some kind of effect or synth module. It's, maybe maybe not like... It wouldn't be full on like that Ace, because that would make any sense, but just some kind of synth thing, basically. It's, it's not quite that um, high rent, but it's... It's interesting. It's more of a utility in a way. It's an audio and CV router. How bizarre. It is called CVization. So uh, I think you should check out uh, a video of that. Maybe uh, 
play it along in mute because this thing is complicated as fuck. Oh, what? Yeah, so four endless encoders down the left, four endless encoders down the right, each one can also act as a button. And basically, you are... If I've got this right, <laughs> you, you've got four audio ins, four audio outs, and uh, CV as well, I believe. And you are using only these eight buttons encoders to route everything to everything. It is... What? Ridiculously hard to understand. Weird, man. So it's like eight macros, basically. Uh, I wouldn't even. I, I wouldn't even. But they also it that also have that also carry audio. Yes, it's um, wow. Well, you can put audio into it, or you can put CV into it. But what's to stop you just connecting? It? It's like a patch. It's like a bit of a fancy patch bay. Does it do anything that patch bay doesn't do? Oh, I guess it's got button. Yeah, exactly. You can root. So let's say instead of going uh, taking one input and putting it to all four outputs. Yeah. Or taking four inputs and putting it to one output. You can do anywhere in between that. Okay. So perhaps you could have uh, channel one in, route to channels one and two out. You could have... Oh, you know, God. See, that's the thing. It's not exactly sexy. Oh, no. That's the thing. No, I don't want this. I don't want this. No, you don't want it. I don't want it. But I needed to close the door on what we were speculating okay, well, last okay. time. This is not... Ace in a Eurorack format. No, um, I don't want to think. Oh, he's got a bit of paper with the yeah, diagram. If you need a bit of yeah, paper yeah, yeah. to explain your yeah, hardware, no, 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 no. That's not for Timmy, guys. No, it's it's not. I for still, you. I still love Urs though. He's the man. Yeah, maybe back to software for Urs. Well, no, well, I'm like, I'm sure he and a lot of other people absolutely love this. So fair play. It's it's probably. I mean, I'm not a modular person. But I assume it's one of those things where if you spoke to a modular person about it, they would have had their mind blown. Yeah, right. And they wouldn't be able to stop thinking about it. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a bit underwhelming to... Uh, not that they were promising a paradigm shift or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, maybe this is a paradigm shift for modular people. Yeah, it could be. And they didn't even promise one. Wow, amazing. Well, fair play, Urs. See, look at this. Press this button, do a load of weird random crap with his. Oh, Press man. this button. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. On screen. I'm sure for a lot of people that'll be part of the fun. It looks like it looks like one of those digi early digital games that you used to get where you had to turn off all the lights and it would like do stuff to the lights next to them. Do you remember that? Or that before <laughs> your time, young uh, you young whipsnapper. Yeah, I think it was before my time. Jesus Christ. Okay, right. I'm okay, I'm over this. James, if I were to hypothetically want to interact with this podcast online, where would I go? That's an interesting question. Well, you could go to Facebook and search Appetite for Production. Mm -hmm. You can get yourself down to Twitter at A4P Podcast. Same on SoundCloud. And if you like you some Reddit slash R slash A4P Podcast. You can see our Initialize This videos on YouTube, and you can check out links for everything we talk about on a4ppodcast.com. I've got to talk about the um, producer's occupational hazard. Uh, <gasps> it, this affects a lot of us, and we don't always talk about it. 
Oh. But we need to talk about knob slippage. Oh, God. More specifically, fab filter knob slippage. Oh, now what are you talking about here, bro? I, I think you might know what I'm talking about. Sometimes, I mean, I love fab filter plugins. Who doesn't? But sometimes you are turning up a knob and it suddenly jumps to the maximum. They do seem to have a bit of a weird, like, how does that, because I, I can't even think about it, like, well, when, well, actually, what my what my body does when I'm doing music yeah, or whatever. But usually, like it, usually you click and then you drag up and down and it turns. Yeah. But with Fab Filter, usually you aren't dragging up and down, you're dragging clockwise or anticlockwise. Yeah, right. And that leads you to sometimes slip yeah, and man. if you are using an output gain control on a compressor, oh. then you are fucked. Oh no, that's not a good situation. To and be this in. this does happen, and it's it's not nice. Have you looked into the settings? Can you <sighs> no, turn that stuff off? I've, I would hope you could, but you would want that to be turned off by default. Yeah, you know, it seems like like knobs and stuff are basically almost unified now and people mm. have kind of like worked out the best way to do them. Yeah, there's probably some kind of ISO standard for plug-in knobs. Well, yeah, but it seems like FabFilter are a bit rogue on that front. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But uh, this knob slippage may be a thing of the past too <gasps> because uh, a little company called Oh My Bytes has uh, announced, get this, dedicated MIDI controllers for FabFilter plugins. Oh, what? Yep, I'm going to send you the link. Send me that link, buddy. Wow. Okay, that looks all right. So these are for Pro-C, Pro-Q, and Pro-L, which are probably the most popular FabFilter plugins. And uh, you got to love some FabFilter. Yeah, I mean, I use this stuff all the time. One is called Hickory and one is called Dickory. And what so and what what are they for? Are they for the EQ and the compressor? Yeah, Hickory is uh, for the EQ. Dickory seems to be for the compressor and probably the limiter as well. Do you know what? That looks pretty nice. It does look pretty nice. But the strange thing about them is, like, FabFilter is a company that basically is pushing forward digitally, and it's saying, okay, this is how we used to do things, but now we can do things this way, and they are, you know, they're not apologizing for being fully digital. Yeah. And they've made a hell of a lot of uh, fans from that, and mm. everybody loved their plugins. Mm. Uh, but these controllers specifically, sort of, they're re analoging the control set. And that's not something I would suspect, uh, expect from, from anything to do with FabFilter. But these guys aren't doing it in association with FabFilter. No, no. Um, but yeah, it's, it is an independent thing. But it's um, it's interesting to see that okay, let's make a MIDI controller for FabFilter plugins specifically. Yeah, and uh, it's just going to look like an old school EQ and an old school compressor. Yeah, um, which you know, if you like that kind of thing and it's going to make you enjoy FabFilter a bit more, then fine. Yeah, it seems cool idea. Like if you've got a load of like they're two hundred and forty nine euros each. Mm. If you're flush with cash, why not? Yeah. Um, it seems it seems like a luxury to me. Yeah, it is. But I mean, if you love FabFilter that much, the thing is, though, if you look at the EQ one, yeah, like you know how easy it is to just call up a band in, yeah, on the screen. You click somewhere and you drag it up or down to the extent that you want. Yeah, 
And with this, you're just going to have to think too much. You know, you're going to have to sort of frequency sort of well, game. I think, the argu- I think the argument for it would probably be that you're thinking less about physics and science and you're sweeping the knobs and just listening to the music and it's helping you get back in touch with that rather than uh, taking yeah, a more sort of formalised approach to it. You yeah, know what I mean? true. I would, just, I would just like it to remind me of FabFilter more. Than it's it going to remind you Fab Fields when the freaking interface is on your screen, yeah. or whatever. whatever but so. definitely no chance of knob slippage with that one. Well, no, it looks good. They look like nice knobs as well. They've got plenty of. Looks like there's plenty of purchase on those bad boys. Oh yeah, which is always important. I I would buy this, but no, there are far far more important things to get for 250 clam egos yeah man like if you got the cash and you want to splash this this looks like a fair enough thing to do it on yeah if you if you use fab filter every day yeah it might help you and i'm sure there are some people who use fab filter stuff on absolutely everything and this is going to be like a dream come true for them i mean i i basically do yeah me too like me too to be fair the thing is let's say I don't want to give away any of my secrets here. No, okay. But if I am using uh, FabFilter, I will use multiple FabFilter plugins. And so, you know, I would then have to, would I have to adjust the knobs for one plugin and then move on to the other plugin well, and readjust it's them? it's going to be some catch sort of setup or something, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess so. But <clears throat> then going back to another one and if you just need to make a tiny tweak. Yeah. But, I mean... Such as why are you uh, using so many instances? Such is the problem with any hardware. Well, really. How much EQing are you doing? Oh, I am doing some EQing. I do. I do a lot of EQing, especially on break beats, mm. and um, yeah, sometimes I maybe run a couple of instances. It's mostly which the might compressors. Be too much. I mean, oh, really? But oh, let, okay. let's say you've got multiple Pro C's on multiple channels and a Pro L. Yeah, right. Maybe so what this, a couple of Pro L's. Who knows? So Dickery's for the Pro L as well. I, I, yeah, is it? Okay. But yeah, you're not going to want to. You know, this is going to defeat the object if you're zipping around between channels mm. and you have to set every single thing a little bit differently. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Sure, I'm sure they'd work something out for him. Yeah, it would be it would be nice. But yeah, in some ways it could defeat the point. It depends. Do you whether... want flying faders on this, mate? Because that is not yes, going to happen. Um, nah, man. But this is 200, my, 250 euros, This mate. is my exact point. Like, if you're forward-looking, such our fab filter. You would have endless rotary They're encoders. Fab filter aren't making this, mate. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know, but it's for Fab Filter. So you'd think that anyone who likes Fab Filter enough to want a hardware controller won't want this hardware controller. No, I They'd think want- having that sort of stuff, then you'd need some shit to control, like which bank of your EQs you were looking at, man. No, yeah, and no, no, I don't see that happening. So uh, this might be a bit of a mismatch, but I've I've got to admit, it looks lovely. Okay, that's and I would I love to have one for a couple of weeks just to get my fingers on it and check out. Well, you should hit them up, man. I want to see how cold that shit is. Yeah, yeah, ice cold. What's colder than being cool, James? Uh, ice cold. That's absolutely right. Okay, uh, Acoustica. Yes, tell me what they're up to. You know Acoustica, and I'm talking about Acoustica Audio, the Italian convolution merchants. Not of the, Nebula uh, yeah. fame. Well, this is about is, Nebula. Is it Nebula or Nebulous? It's Nebula. Okay. So, uh, the first three, I mean, I might be completely wrong on this, but from what I can work out, the first three third-party Nebula processors have come out. Did we talk about these already? No. Oh, okay. What no, are they? No. 
Um, we have the DB Quadro Bronze Mastering EQ. You also have the Sound Drops Mantis PWM Compressor. Okay. You have London Acoustics Tokyo Tube EQ. Okay. A couple of cities mentioned there. Yeah, uh, oh, you've got to name stuff after cities, mate. Or yeah. numbers. Uh, yeah, so the first two are 65 euros, and uh, the second one is 60. Sorry, the third one is 60 euros. So it's... Um, yeah, it's interesting to see third-party stuff come out for Nebula. So have I got to get M4 separately? No, you can also get N4 Player. Oh, uh, true player. Exactly. So, yeah, third-party effects. So it's kind of like contact, basically, but yeah. for impulse response um, mastering stuff. Exactly. Okay. So, no, it's quite interesting that they're going this way, and you would have thought they would want to go this way a long time ago and uh, possibly could have been, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a nice way they've got their little <clears throat> special way of doing convolution for effects and uh yeah so now other people can contribute as well yeah people seem to really like their stuff as well so yes this this is probably a good thing yeah some strange stuff happening these days uh yeah yeah a while back accusonus they did a little april fool <laughs> and you know how we like talking about April Fools that turn into real things. Yeah, okay. Uh, this was a plugin for making memes. <laughs> it is. It is right up your street. Oh my god! Do I need to listen to the audio, or am I just going? to I think you pictures? should. Okay. Oh god. Let's full screen this bad boy. What the hell? What the hell is going on, James? Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't make any sense, and obviously it doesn't do anything to the sound. Although I'm sure there will be a million people claiming it does. Oh, well. these don't do like actual memes either. Well, no, you make your own memes. Oh, God, you got to drop it here. Oh, God. Well, you don't have to. You can just share it with the world. <laughs> oh, man. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Accusonus Happy Placer. You can load it up as an effect and you can make memes in your door for some reason. Yeah, that's really dumb. Yeah, but... Uh, Is it free? It's free, yeah. Okay, that's... Br yeah. Don't... Why aren't they working really hard on proper stuff like everyone else? I don't know. I really, really, oh. really don't know. Don't get me wrong, mate. I like memes as much as the next man. Maybe even a little bit more. But I don't see a need for this. A uh, couple of cool things have been announced recently but are not out yet. We have uh, Audio Damage Quanta. And what is that? Do you love audio, audio damage? Do you know what? This stuff seems good. I don't seem to really use any of it. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure I've got loads of their NFRs, but okay. people seem to really like them. Yeah. Uh, so Quanta is a granular synth. Uh, more information coming, but it's sort of 10 voice granular synth. And it's got what they call a sidecar oscillator, which is basically a regular oscillator that goes alongside everything. Uh, so you can uh, mess about with everything. We've also got uh, Isotope Vocal Synth 2 has been announced. Yeah, I saw that. What I don't even know what Vocal Synth is, man. Uh, vocal Synth is basically um, 
a lot of classic vocal effects such as talk box vocoder and such and such and such and they've uh, updated it. it it went whoa, down pretty whoa, well whoa, whoa, whoa. slide down there Einstein. Whoa, 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 whoa. is it an instrument is it an effect how on earth does the talk box work because that doesn't sound like a good idea it's not gonna like literally blast air into your mouth is it uh no but it's a plugin. Yeah, well, I don't see how a plugin emulation of a talk box is going to work. Well, why why not? Um, because it would be because simulating the inside of the human mouth would be a. <laughs> ba- I think that's something that we will maybe see in our lifetime, no, but not for a couple of decades. They've done it. They've done it already. This is the whole point. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, mate. Mate, you've got TalkBox, you've got a load of other things. No, it's going to be some nonsense. Well, version 2 has an actual emulation of the inside of the human mouth without the TalkBox involved. What the F are you talking to me about now? Where's the video? TalkBox. That does not sound like a talk box, mate. Clearly. So uh, I don't like that very much. <clears throat> well, coming soon in version two, you're going to get an actual human vocal tract modeling. Oh, wow. I've always wanted to have my tract models. Well, <laughs> you know, not everyone gets to, but maybe you will. I used to be a tract model, I, <laughs> but it was glamour tract modeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'm not convinced about virtual talk boxes, but apparently version two is going to model a track. Yeah, it's going to model a human vocal track and have chorus and ring mod processors baked in as well. If they came out with a product that sounded anything like a talk box in a plugin, that'd be wicked. I don't see it. You know? No. Okay. Well, that's coming soon as well. Okay, that's cool. I also like how the visual display thing looks a bit like the cover of that Joy Division, Joy Division. album. Yeah, 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 it does indeed. Um, I, don't, I think they've they've done that on purpose. I think they, they have. It's um, for fair play because it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, like. I I'd always made that comparison, but yeah, I I do think they did it on purpose. It's uh, it's cool. Do yeah. it. Cool. Sick. You know the old multi-dimensional polyphonic expression stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, fair enough. What's your view? Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, if you've got nice keyboards and you're really good at playing, why not have another bit of a way to express yourself? Yeah, mm. I think that, that's fair. Has it, has it taken off? Yeah, well, the whole protocol has finally been adopted by the MIDI Association, and uh, it's they are now calling it MIDI polyphonic expression. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an it's a real thing. So, so did Steinberg invent this, or was it someone else? No, because this is a VST three thing, right? No, not necessarily. It was just it's just a protocol that a lot of oh, manufacturers God, okay. rallied behind. Okay. So you've got your let's say you've got your hack and continuum. You've got your eigenharp. You've got your silly rolly seaboard. And oh, this is making me sad already. Carry on. All sorts of crazy controllers where you can <clears throat> basically modulate the pitch of a note as you want it and modulate the pitch for a different note at a different rate if you want to. Sure. Pitch bend two different notes in two different ways, modulate two <laughs> different notes in two different ways, or even more notes. But yeah, it's, it's officially been recognised by MIDI Association. Who are these geniuses who can actually do this stuff, man? I can, I can barely play one note at a time. Uh, I guess that's the, that's the question. But I think 
even if you can do it, should you do it? It's 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 the whole Jurassic Park conundrum again. Um, you know, they thought about whether they could, but not whether they should. Do you know what I say, James? Life uh, finds a way. Okay, I, that that's my take on that, it. That's that my means, hot take. That means nothing. To have you me. have you not seen Jurassic Park? Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Oh my God, are you not au okay with Jurassic Park? I'm not really. I just I just never. You never need cared. to rewatch Jurassic Park right now. But, Forget your Eigenheart, bruv. You need a DVD player, mate. Speaking of Jurassic Park, the MIDI Association. <laughs> Is basically a massive dinosaur okay. and cannot move with the times. It's taken about, well, maybe four years for this to become official. Oh, God, man. You know, they're not they're not fast. I mean, maybe no association that uh, safeguards an entire protocol can ever be You've fast. got to think, looking after MIDI, they are the guardians of MIDI itself, yeah. mate. Imagine if, imagine if there was no more MIDI. You need a game. How would you feel? Uh, I would be personally destroyed. I'm not doing everything in audio, mate. No, no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I could. It's fair enough. But, you know, I don't want to. And you do need a gatekeeper on that kind of thing, but it was clearly happening. What, a MIDI gatekeeper? Yeah, MIDI (laughs) gate. It's clearly been happening for years. Like, even Bitwig, for example, ended up supporting uh, sort of, what was it, different note pitch bends from the start. And it was... It's just baked into almost everything now. Like that's cool. That's fair enough. And you know, let's let's support it at the very least, even if we don't use it. Yeah, I'm on side with it, but just as long as it doesn't get in the way of my like little Middle England one pitch bend per channel, your tiny minded mentality. One finger chords. One finger chords mean. I've been doing a lot of one-finger chords recently. And you wouldn't want any of those notes to modulate at a different rate, would you? Well, I don't know, mate. Oh, so... Oh, God, that sounds pretty good. So, okay, so you're playing a pad, and what, so, like, so polyphonically, the aftertouch or whatever can control the mod rate of, like, an LFO and a filter cutoff. I guess you could say that. So like hypothetically. That, yeah. But I think... That might be all right. This isn't necessarily based in the software side of things this is based in the hardware side of things so how do you demonstrate i mean it has knock-on effects for the software side of things but how do you demonstrate in a official protocol and in the midi standard that there are yeah, two yeah. dimensions left and right and up and down yeah 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 you know once your note on has happened it's basically it is after touch in many ways isn't it but just specific types of aftertouch which are linked to always to pitch okay or always to modulation oh okay 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 think about uh, in a way it's not new because think about key tracking filters yeah you know if you played five notes spanning the keyboard you'd expect all those five notes to have a different key track uh, key tracked filter wouldn't you yeah and it's a bit like that, just for more properties. I mean, it depends what synth you're playing, whether it will actually key track the different voices. Yeah. But that's exactly what we've been doing. Oh, that sounds non-fascinating. It's it's not piqued my interest enough okay. for me to want to continue thinking about well, it. Well, maybe we'll see a, a change in the ways that virtual instruments are designed with things like this in mind, uh, with how they allocate their voices. Oh, okay. I don't really see it. Or maybe you just don't care. 
I, don't, I think I probably don't care about this. That's fair enough. I think I, a lot of, you know, as it were, musicians <laughs> will yes. potentially care about it. But are are your pro um, forward-looking musicians actually using multi-dimensional slash MIDI polyphonic expression techniques in their playing? Would you know what anything anything to keep music vibrant and interesting is fair enough? So okay. But then again, will it keep it vibrant and interesting, or will anyone actually notice? No, I think music music is just going to get dumber and dumber and dumber, like the human race. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, we're going to talk about something I want to talk about for a, for a minute, James. Yeah. What music are you into? Me. I'm going to pin you down now. Yeah, you, you've been you've been trying to pin me down on this for a long time, and I think you're going to do it. Uh, yeah, I I originally come from from the rock music background. What sort of bands did you get into first? Oh man, I was I was, I was into at first. I was listening to 90s Britpop. Oh, really? No wonder you're so reticent to talk about it. Well, yeah. so, so what was it? So is it Blur, Oasis or yeah. Pulp? Yeah, I mean... Oh, the, both of them. The Blur and Oasis, actually. I was oh, those, you are too cool for school. I was one of those rare people who could who could take both of them. Although the whole Blur versus Oasis thing was bullshit. That was just a marketing thing. Yeah. It just get people pumped up. Well, I'm from Essex and you're from up north. So you should be Oasis yeah. and I should be Blur, but I don't really like Blur. Yeah, uh, well, no, I, I, I love them both. But um, yeah, when I started working for Computer Music, I was introduced to this crazy world of electronic music. And I had to see what the hell was going on. And also, when I started working there, it was it was very much a case of how the hell am I going to edit text while listening to music with lyrics in? Because Oh, def- I definitely find that. Because you need music to work, right? Especially yeah. in an office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to have headphones on. But the lyrics... The lyrics you can't you can't edit text while listening no. to lyrics. At least I can't. It's Some a fool, can. fool's errand. I don't believe those people. I think those people are liars. Oh, they've got weird brains. But um, yes. they're robots. So I I had to at that point I had to diverge. I had to go into electronic stuff, lyricless, good. But I also took a, took another fork in the road towards classical. Oh, and yeah, classy. I was. See, classical music is interesting, Timothy, because... Teach me. You know, you it's very easy to say, I don't like it. But if you think about it, really what you've got, the term classical music, we often use it to talk about, what, 400 years worth of stuff? Are you into neoclassical, bruv? Uh, not necessarily, but this is this is my exact point. You can't say... Oh, I don't like 50s to noughties music because that has so many different types of music within it, which you will or won't like. So you can't just write off a whole 400 years of music. Oh, no. Um, I would uh, personally, I'd say I don't have a visceral response to most classical music. Um, but there is some stuff that, that yeah, you, like definitely sort of you, you feel or whatever. So anything that I feel I'm into, basically. Yeah. But like, for example crazy 17th century baroque music i don't like it 
Okay. But when you get to so like... So what's hot in the world of classical music? Well, that's, that's the point. It's all up to you, but you've got to expose yourself to... No, what to, do you like, though? You've got to expose yourself to enough of it to know what's actually good. Because, you know, you're talking about a huge variety of stuff. Some of it you will, some of it you won't. And, sure. And you'll, you'll find things you do and things you don't, just like you can find artists you do and don't like within the last two years. Okay, so what classical music would you recommend to someone who likes jazzy drummer bass? Oh, God, probably nothing. It's, it's probably... <laughs> it's a world away, man. But it's, some of the 20th century stuff is cool, but even then, 20th century, you've got a lot of rampant, weird shit. I don't want music concrete or anything no, like that, No, exactly. Mate. Well, that's, that's my whole point. I don't like that. And... But... Something like minimalism, I enjoy. I don't mind a bit of Philip Glass, actually. Um, oh, and who's oh, who does music for uh, Steve Reich? Steve Reich. I yeah. like a lot of Steve Reich, man. Steve exactly. Reich's all right, man. And so, you know, you can't talk about classical music and say, oh, I just don't like it. You, mm. You've got to find the bits that you do. Steve Reich is great. And some of the glass stuff is great as well. Yeah. And But it's it's incredibly hard to actually listen to enough of it and wade through the crap you don't like and come out laughing with one or two things that you do like, and then sort of follow that path a bit. Sure, sure. The thing is, mate, there aren't a lot of massive beelines. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, you'd be surprised, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want a bit of Wagner if you're going for some beelines. I, d- mm, I don't know about, I don't know if Wagner's really up my alley, mate. There is some deep dramatic shit in there. Oh, no doubt, man. Um, well, did I mention to you about um, this drum and bass guy who, who's more recent? He did a load of like weird sort of like post-rock and art rock stuff in the 80s. And now he's now he's neoclassical. Okay. So check him out. He's called Robert Haig. And he used to make drum and bass under the name Omnitrio. And he's a bit of a ledge, to be fair. And his neoclassical stuff is really good. He clearly knows his shit. I should check that out. Okay, I'll send you a link, mate. follow up from last time we were just a bit too late sorry no just a bit too early to catch moby's reverb auction oh okay but, uh, the, the mexican hat sold uh well yeah, <laughs> last time i checked in the mexican hats had not sold what man uh, but yeah load of moby stuff is gone and all the money will have gone to charity yeah, man, it, the, the man has a lot. Unknown cigar box synth and noise machine owned by Moby. Oh, okay. Uh, Electroharmonics Holy Stain owned by Moby. Holy Stain? Holy Stain. Um, loads of stuff. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? Um, what would, how much did this stuff cost, mate? It's all about the money. It's like all a couple of hundred dollars. Um, what? Some things like the Roland SPV 355 rack synth, uh, one and a half grand. Uh, Univox Echotech 990, uh, his Genelec uh, 1031A, uh, they went for two grand. Meet for some old school Jennies. Yep, and I've got to tell you, the black, white, and silver sombreros yeah. have been sold. What, for two grand? Two grand. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> That's mate. one grand each. Well, I guess it's going towards, like medical responsibility or whatever which yeah. sounds like a good thing I guess he sold his uh, Ibanez Roadstar guitar for a grand as well how does that I don't I think uh, that's I mean I'm not sure if it's a great guitar or not but how much would it go for on eBay pre-owned by Moby for right. a grand shouldn't be bad Juno 106 for 1.8 grand 
You know, that's May, that's a lot of money, man. Is they, this dollary dollary dues? Dollary dues. Okay. You no, know, there's a lot of stuff here and you know, I think a lot of them weren't that bad of a drum okay. brute 475 Why he, that's only just come out why is he selling that he's uh, not into it drum brute 2 only just came oh, out right right okay, but yeah, okay, maybe, okay. Well, maybe he just maybe he's just upgrading and he wanted to get rid of uh, yeah well, why not things. maybe he wanted to buy a uh, uh, moog sub fatty so he could control omnisphere with it maybe oh god but yeah uh, it was a massive shame that we couldn't actually uh, go in there and place a jokey bid on something I know well I'm glad we don't have to spend any money mate here's Moog Voyager XL five and a half thousand American clams I don't know man Jupiter 6 7.2 thousand American clams <laughs> well yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense owned by Moby okay well congratulations to everyone involved Especially to the responsible physicians involved. Oh, yeah, responsible physicians, yeah. Those big guys. Up, big ups. Those guys answer only to themselves. Well, <laughs> and the Hippocratic Oath. I'm using Ableton Live 10 now. Um, I uninstalled it and reinstalled it for some reason. I can't remember why, and now it seems to work all right, and it seems cool. What annoys me is you've got to press M to activate the virtual keyboards before it starts working, unlike every other version of Live. And there doesn't seem to be an option. Unless I'm being a spanner, I can't find an option that makes that come on automatically. So that's irritating. I haven't used any of the new features apart from MIDI capture, which is cool. Yeah. Echo seems good. I really like the drum bus. That seems fat. So right. I'm definitely going to be using that. Um, How's so duplication going? Is it is it back on, on It track? seems fine, mate. It seems fine. So I don't know what was going on before. I mean, I do find it a little bit more fiddly now, like a lot of the stuff like grabbing onto the edge of clips and stuff, mm. having fades as not their own special thing or whatever. I liked it how it was before, but I'm sure it'll all, I'm sure I'll get used to it all, maybe. The one thing that always strikes me about Ableton whenever I get back to it is the, the whole timeline zoom. Oh, okay. You know, you've, you've got to drag up and down on the uh, yeah, I don't mind on the it. bar at the top. Yeah, but, you know, trackpad zoom, man. It's, it's I make mouse and keyboard, bruv. There's no reason not to have trackpad zoom in oh, this day and age. No, that's true. You that's know, I true. love me some trackpad. You know, it's not like scrolling is doing something else in Ableton. Well, I find that with the mouse wheel, mate. And I feel like us alternative lifestyle choice people should have zooming capabilities on our thingies as well. So, yeah. Mm, mm, stand up mm, mm. for what you believe in that's yeah. what i believe it'd be nice to see but hey maybe that's in live 10.1 but it won't be no it'll be 10.5 as well so you're liking the drum bus yeah it sounds sick it sounds really good i yeah. want to make some music with it excellent well if it's inspiring you then it is winning also at super booth um slate Slate Digital have upgraded uh, Virtual Mix Rack to version 2. Um, oh, okay. I own this, so can I get a free upgrade? Yes, you can. Yeah. <gasps> Yay! Uh, not, it's not a ground-shaking update. What do but, I get? Well, for example, they've taken uh, noise out of a lot of the components by default. You can still add it back in. Um, a lot of utilitous things. It's um, Is that a word? Yes, I just made it. I okay, just coined it. Uh, you don't have to use thumbnails to select things anymore. You can do it in a list view, which is nice. Uh, oh, that's I, good. Yeah, thumbnails, it always looks great, but you find that... 
I don't use half the stuff. I scroll down to exactly. the one that I know, You've and then I put it on. scroll all the way, or like having the option to just show the thumbnails for the things you use would be good. Um, there's no more virtual wood. I'm sorry to say. What? Uh, and the biggest thing really uh, is that they've got a thing called the Dream Strip, which <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not that. It's what not that. is a dream strip? Well, mate? basically, when you load up VMR Version Two, there are what is it, seven or eight uh, setups already made. Well, eight presets. Yeah, sort of like that. And you, instead of just launching it and having an empty rack, you have stuff ready to go. You don't want an empty rack. No, and you can define your own, and. Whichever one is on the left, that's the one that will be there when it loads up. So if you do still want an okay. empty rack, you just make a preset, a dream strip, sorry, that is empty. <laughs> and you make sure that's your number one. And whenever you launch, you'll have an empty rack. So like I say, bit utilitous. Oh, it sounds uh, good for workflow. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like they're sorting it out. I mean, it's not necessarily what I'd call version two, but fine. As long, yeah. as, it's, as, long as it's the same sort of uh, subscription deal. Then it's I it's I I bought mine outright. Oh, did the you? The virtual mix track. I got it on like Black Friday or something. Do you get all the new stuff when it comes out? No, I've just I've just got the default stuff. Okay, well, I don't buy like the extra like the DLC or whatever, mate. Oh Lord, no. Maybe you're not entitled uh, to version two. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, <sighs> what me? Do you love you some Slate? Yeah, Slate's sick, man. Yeah, but you you're not usually a big analog guy. Um, I needed character. And that is why I bought the VMR when okay. I did. Um, I keep thinking, oh, I really need to get some character compressors and stuff. They're just in there. I just need to like get my head around them, really. Which is they good seem for what character? And I mean, they seem fine and everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they seem fine. I mean, I'd probably be better with them if I'd practiced more with them and you know knew knew how to get the most out of them. But I used the EQ stuff all the time, like. What's that bluey grey stuff with the grey knobs? Is that Puig or whatever? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that stuff. I like those EQs. They're cool. Good stuff. Okay, fair yeah. enough. That's basically what a Pultec thing. Pultec, yeah. Yeah, they, they seem good. It seems it's a bit of a different way than just using a pure, pure sort of digital thing like FabFilter, and it's, you get a bit of a different result, basically. And what about them textures, mate? Now, if you could control Slate VMR with 20 popular hardware synths. Oh, God. Then we'd be in business. Uh, or 20 popular classic expensive compressors. <laughs> yeah, just connect them by MIDI and yeah. then uh, <laughs> you're on it. Yeah, wicked. You can use this frequency control to uh, em control this frequency control, which emulates a frequency control that you don't have. Blow my mind. Woo! So what are we going to do now, James? The same thing we do every night, Tim. Try out a new plugin. Well, we don't do that every night, but can you imagine if we did? Oh, that would be so good. What's this new plugin? Well, this is Rob Happen's go-to. 
Now, just for clarification here, there was no go one. This is go two. It's got straight to two, man. It's a bold move. It is being pitched as your go to synth plugin. That is basically the idea here. So it's. Let me lay this on you. It's, lay it on me. It's supposed to be especially simple, which means you'll have a good time doing this. Oh, yay! Uh, you know, it's it's a relatively standard thing, but it, it will probably introduce a lot of people to the uh, Rob Pappen philosophy, which is basically stick an XY pad on something. Yeah, I remember Raw, I, I wasn't massively keen on, to be honest. I like a lot of his other stuff, though. So... He's got to win me back on the old XY front. Let's have a look at it. It's supposed to be specifically about giving you some limitations, but you'll tell me how you like it. Okay, well, let's have a bit of a play with it. I've got a saw, sawtooth, initialized patch here. Now, where are my oscillators? Okay, okay, it looks like we've got two oscillators. Um, let's... I've got a bit of a saw. Some, like, digital style waveforms. And can I... I could do X morph and Y morph, but they're not assigned to anything. Is there a ramp going into a square? Yeah. Oh, that is... Uh, that is KG. And you can mix... Mix between them. So I'll just have that as a sign. Mm. So it's kind of like... Kind of like... Is that how phase distortion works? I can't even remember. Possibly not. <laughs> I think it depends how you how you blend them and what how one uh, influences the other. Yeah, well, no, no shit, Sherlock. Um, hang on. Okay, there's we've got a load more crazy waveforms. There must be a way to do some. Oh, okay. Yep. It's X Y time. I don't understand what this X Y pad's doing. Fine, I guess. Filter sounds alright. Kind of old school analogy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sounds pretty beefy. Um, I think I think you should whack yourself down to the sequencer now. Oh god, really? But yeah. I barely scratched the surface. I said like this. Oh, look, look, there's stuff here. Oh. Important stuff. I'm morphing the symmetry, I guess. This, oh, doesn't, this doesn't seem that simple. It's pretty simple. Oh, okay, we've got different morph modes. Ring mods. So can I detune this oscillator if it's got ring modulation? I can't see how to do that. That's going to be annoying if I can't do that. Um. Whatever. mono for some reason even though chorus is on that's a bit odd um i don't know what to make of that um, oh god are you sure it's not just very mono safe tasty well yeah absolutely oh god i've, just, I've made a horrible noise i'm gonna i'm gonna initialize it again initialize it again yeah oh god i haven't even managed to do that right have you saved the initialized patch i really have Oh, I can't reinitialize it. Choose a different patch and then go back to the init patch. Oh, God. You're a genius at this stuff. Okay. 
Oh, no, it's gone back to the new patch, even though I clicked on something else. Oh, brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Job done. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, well, do you want me to go to the sequencer now? Yeah, I think, I think you should patch in the sequencer it, do the arpeggiator. Oh, it's hard to tell when stuff's on. Okay, okay, it was mono because the cross wasn't on. Uh-huh. Because it's hard to tell if stuff's on or not, but when it's really lit up, it's on. Okay. And let's put so the spread. You see, the spread isn't stereo. Oh, no. Um, I don't know if there's a way to change that. I've got the ARP on now anyway. Okay, let's have some... We're going to have some slides and stuff. So... Uh, um, I'll try and make some, like, acid or something, should I? Would that be a good idea? Well, that's always a good idea. Okay. I'm not going to slide everything because that's just insane. Might tie some stuff, though. Oh, God. Um, oh god oh this is so stressful James why do you make me do these things um, okay let's get some filter on them what the hell is going on oh that's a high pass but okay Oh, here we go. Now, now we're talking. Okay. We've got a bit of a vague acid vibe going on. Have, how, that sounds nice, doesn't it? How far have you come from the initialized patch that you Not started Not very, with? mate. It's it's a sore teeth and it's sequenced. It's got a filter on it, so resonant filter. So. How do you like the sequence of the ARP there? Yeah, can it's real, real get straight, much done? Real straightforward. I don't know what free means. Does that mean you can assign it to something? Does it mean it's free running? Chord. Oh, God, okay. Oh, oh that's... Oh, yeah, I like that, actually. Don't get that in your acid. No, you don't. Oh, let's have a play with this, son. So you can choose the chord for each step. Minus sixth. Minus six? Where's well, that? Depends okay. what other chords you've done with so far. But... Yeah, that's interesting. It's, we're getting some crazy abstract stuff, bruv. How can I tune? I feel like the oscillator control is not immediately easy to work out. Have you got some preset oscillator setups? So, like, I want to or... control, I want to tune my oscillators. I mean, do I have to do that in this tiny little mod matrix? I really hope not. Because um, there's only four slots. Oh, there's eight slots. I'll just do it in here then, I guess, basically. So, what I want is... Oh, God. Is there a constant value? I wouldn't even know how to do it in here. Oh, I'm failing, James. Okay. okay. There's, there must be a way to do this. Oh, I can turn the opposite. I'm just going to play with it for a minute. Nice enough. Let me let me see if I can mix with some spectral waves. It's a nice visualization. <clears throat> can you get the XY pad moving? Via Let's the mod matrix. See if I can. Oh god, really? Okay. Um, source, or any other way. Source free LFO, I guess. To filter. Oh, to XY. Free one amount or the oh yeah it's not doesn't it doesn't not actually gonna move oh you can record something hang on. let 
and we can play it back. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's going mental. It's going crazy. Speed key oh, it's, it's giving me some, you know, pretty trippy sounds, so, you know. Why did it play back far quicker than you'd actually recorded it in? And we can control the speed. Ah. Set it nice and slow. Um, so the idea is, so this synth is called the go-to, and the idea is that um, it's supposed to be your go-to synth for just doing bread and butter stuff, right? Yeah. Well, this recording stuff doesn't seem, like, that seems to be something, you know, it's a bit kind of, like, experimental, a bit different. I don't know if uh, maybe, if it was me doing it, I would have maybe marketed it as just, like, this interesting performance synth, because that... Well, I think I think the XY features are basically a Rob Pepin go-to. He's usually okay. got some kind of XY okay, craziness okay. in there. And that introduces people who go for go-to to his other stuff, because this is only, what, 49 euros, 42 English pounds. It is good, and clearly, just messing with it for a little tiny bit, it's clearly make, can make some good sounds. I'm going to drop the P word, though, James. Go on, drop it. It sounds, drop a, it. It sounds a little bit plasticky. Oof. But I don't, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not necessarily a bad is thing. I was enjoying the sounds that were coming out of it. And it can it can do analog-y sort of sounding stuff as well. Is that because you are only using spectral waveforms? Well, or? that... Well, yes. Try, try some more waveforms. Give it a give it a fair hearing. If, before you drop the P bomb, give, give it a fair hearing. Give go to a fair hearing. Should I just use one of these regular ones? Yeah. Let's see. It sounds plasticky, mate. Uh. Yeah, it's plasticky. Uh. It's plasticky AF, mate. <laughs> I'm enjoying the trippy animations, though. That's good. Oh, it makes me want to make some space techno, though. Have you got any points in the interface where you can sort of load, for example, preset ARPs? Do you want to actually want to have a look at some preset ARPs? Yeah, I was just thinking, not the whole patch, but like just a preset for the ARP and just a preset for oh, the oscillators. What? Is that possible or not? Um, so you can save and... Can't, can't see. You can save is. and load just the oscillators, save and load just the arpeggiator. That's usually nice. Don't think so. Yeah. This is fine. Oh. Is that a preset XY morph? It looks pretty, doesn't it? Oh. Oh, oh I don't know what the hell that... Oh, God. Wow. Check that out. That's cool. Don't know what's going on. Oh, that's quite nice. Well, I like that. and everything let's have a look at some other stuff oh, what the hell is oh, going on here there are, a, there are a lot of spaces to save your own presets let's get some wobbles complex wob this ain't a wob machine um uh nah nah it can't really do wobs very well I, did, I preferred whatever else the arpeggio presets to the other stuff. 
sounds like, mate. What does it sound like? It sounds like? like someone's done a boutique modern synth version of what soft synths used to sound like back in the day, basically. Oh, yeah. So if you like what soft synths, like, you know, real basic sort of stuff, this does an absolutely fantastic job of that, definitely. Is it a go-to? Nah. No. No, not really. But it's cool. And for 42 quid... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but I would I would specifically re- recommend it to people, um, even if you aren't on a budget, who who want some real sort of like... It's kind of like basic, old-school v- VST sort of sounds. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's cool. cool. Excellent. Rob Pappen's go-to. That was very harrowing, James. Thank you. It turns out there is such a thing as too much music technology. Uh, we will catch you all next time for some more crazy adventures in Plugin Land. Bye bye. Bye. I actually saw someone on Gear Sluts uh, recently complaining that something sounded too good. Oh, really? <laughs> you can't please anyone, basically. <laughs>